Kings 18 from verse 20 onwards. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. I want to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. We're just going to go back to verse 20, and we're going to read. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. There is this call that is coming from God through the prophet of God for all the children of Israel, for all the people, the seed of Abraham living there to come together. And and what is the state of the people of God in this nation during this time? You see here, he's asking this question, how long are you going to be like this? How How long are you going to be? between two opinions that means doing two things at the same time that means serving god and serving the devil how can you serve god and serve the devil so he says you need to make a choice today and the choice is if the lord is god that means if he is the real god then follow him if baal is the real god then follow him if Jehovah is the living God. Follow him. If Baal is the living God, then follow him. This generation that comes from the seed of Abraham, through circumcision, made a covenant with Lord God Almighty, committed spiritual adultery, went far away from the living God by worshipping Baal, which is an enemy of God, Satan, basically. Now, God is calling through the prophet here, Elijah, saying that, make a choice. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to worship? Is it the God you made covenant with or is it Baal that you're actually worshiping you know have you seen people who will stand before the altar and say I do I do I do for everything and sign on that dotted line to be married to a person and then after that they will completely be unfaithful to their their spouses and what will they do they will be with someone else. Even though on the dotted line they have signed, 
to be the husband of this woman or the wife of this man and in the presence of God or in a court or wherever it is, they publicly declared that you are the one I'm going to be with. Or they even told each other, you're the one I'm going to be with. When they break it, especially marriage becomes a marriage when you have a witness in the middle. Everything is desecrated when adultery happens in a marriage. So you see here, spiritual adultery is taking place. Spiritual adultery. Where these people made a covenant with God through circumcision. They have signed the dotted line. They made a covenant with God through circumcision. They've said, I do, I do, I do. And what are they doing here? They're running after heathen, demonic idols. And they're becoming, or they have become, in this case, just like the heathen who have no covenant with God. What a sad thing. You think about it. They made a covenant with this God who fought for them, who destroyed Pharaoh and his chariots, who fed them with angels' food, who clothed them, made sure that their garment or their shoes, their sandals, will not wear off 40 years in the wilderness. Nobody got sick. Can you believe that? That's what happened. The children of Israel were fed with angels' food, and for 40 years in the wilderness, nobody got sick. Nobody got sick. God sustained them. Except when they did demonic things, the earth opened up and it swallowed people, and some got bitten by the fiery serpents that were in the wilderness because they did evil in the sight of God. Other than that, when you look at it, no one got sick. Even these are not sicknesses. God protected them. The Bible says as a father would carry a child, his own child on his shoulder, God carried the people of Israel. With such love, God actually brought them out and he gave them this promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Bible also says God scouted the entire earth and chose the best place for his people. This is who our God is. So having done all of it, these people, what are they doing? After God did all these things for them, instead of being faithful to God, they receive everything. And now, what are they doing? They're being unfaithful to God, and they're going after his, the enemies who are the enemies of God. They're going after these idols that are there, the enemies of God. The very people that God gave them victory over, this God who made the heavens and earth gave these people who had a covenant with him victory over the Canaanites. What are these people doing? They're actually worshiping the idols of the Canaanites. That means I have power because my God is bigger and he gave me victory over the Canaanites and their idols. I need to take my God to those people. Instead of that, if I go and serve those idols who got defeated, 
by my God and that God gave me victory over those people and those idols. And I go and worship them. What a sickening act that is. Yet, this is what they did. And this what happens many, many times with lots and lots of people. They come to the Lord for healing. They come to the Lord for deliverance. They come to the Lord for blessing. I need job. I need school. I need this. I need that. Oh, if God would do me, do this to me, I will serve him for the rest of my life. All these things and they cry and this and that. And, and God comes and delivers them. And after they get everything, they get like very content. And what do they do? They, the very place that God brought them out of, they go and worship that. What a tragedy. Think about that. How God's heart would ache. Grieve and angry. Don't think that, oh, grieving God is not a big thing. If he gets angry, that's bad. No. The Bible says, when they grieved the Holy Spirit, he became their enemy. Think about that. Grieving God is not like, oh, I'm just making him feel a little sad. This is God Almighty. Remember, grieving the Holy Spirit is not a light thing. Doing that which is wrong and grieving God presumptuously, like, I know he has been good to me, but after God did so much, and if I go and do that which he hates, if I go straight to his enemy and go and kiss his feet, you think God would stand by and watch? It's not a good thing. This is why out of his love, he chastened the people of Israel. He didn't just say, okay, get away from my face and get lost, you unfaithful people. Don't even look at my face anymore. God didn't do that. See, he is a God of love. Even though people did such injustice to God. These are people with covenant. What did they do? They violated that covenant. They became unfaithful to God. Even then, he said, because of my mercies. I'm not abandoning you. Because of my mercies, I'm not throwing you away. Because of my mercies, I'm going to chasten you. And that's why God withheld rain from heaven. He got very upset with what they did. But because he was upset, he didn't kick them out. He didn't throw them away. He didn't destroy them. He showed mercy to them. He said, no, you're not going to have rain. You'll learn your lesson, hopefully. There are those who do and there are those who don't. And that's why hell is full of a lot of church-going people or people who went to church once upon a time, I should say, and a lot of people who once knew Christ are in hell today. These are the people who were once Israelites and then became Baal worshippers. Ones who really said, Lord, I will follow you for the rest of my life. You deliver me from this and I will follow you. And then what did they do? They just go and do just the opposite. After they receive everything from God. It's not a good thing. And so when you look at the children of Israel here. These are the people now who were chastened by God. But God is so merciful. He, After chastening, he says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to turn your heart. But you have to make a choice. So in order for this to happen, he took the rain away and then... He brings the man of God after three years when they really feel like they've hit rock bottom with no rain to make them come back to their senses. 
God allows them to go through this. And then he sends his prophet and he says, you guys, come to Mount Carmel, the mountain of the Lord. And there you're going to make a choice. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the Lord who is the real God? Is he the real God? Their mind got so deluded, they didn't even know who the real God is anymore. It's a very dangerous place to be in when people go into deception and delusion. They presumptuously go and then they are drawn in. Once they are drawn into that deception and delusion, it's very difficult to come up. The prophet of God is asking this question, if the Lord is God, follow him. What do you think they should have said? Yes, the Lord is God. He's the one who brought our ancestors out of the land of Egypt. And he's the one who did all these things. And yes, the Lord is God. We will follow. Or the prophet of God is coming and he's asking this question. And, you know, we need to do the right thing. They had no regard for the prophet of God. They had no regard for, you know, God. They had no regard for anything. They completely sold themselves to there. So when this question came to these people who are circumcised people who made a covenant with God through circumcision. They had no answer. Think about that. When Elijah asked this question to the people, God heard it. When the prophet asked this question to the people, Satan heard it. These people couldn't say that. The Lord is our God. What a sad moment when this answer came from them in a way of silence. Oh, we don't know. We can't say. We're not going to say. We're just going to keep quiet. Because they were in such delusion. God in his mercy took a step further to reach out to them. You call that the mercies of God. The Bible says it's because of the mercies of God we are not consumed. Even though they were in such delusion, God didn't say, okay, get lost. I want to go start a new race. He could have done that, but he's giving another chance. Uh, after this chance, you don't see Elijah coming in, coming once a month and saying, let me bring fire from heaven and all of you who are in delusion, once a month you keep coming back and once a month I'll show fire. No, this was a one-time thing. We call that grace. If this opportunity is missed, it is missed. And Ahab missed it. And you can continue reading the rest of the book of First Kings to see how Ahab ended. He didn't make use of the grace of God that came to him. Even though he he sunk so low, God stooped down to bring him out of his pit from the mire. But he, after seeing all of this, rejected the grace of God. And that grace that was given to him was no more there after that. It's a warning that everyone should keep in front of you, always knowing that, yes, God is compassionate. Even the people, though they were so hard, in spite of that, God showed such mercy. But if I don't make use of it, then I won't have it. You know, when when it rains, a lot of wise people 
in many nations were have a dam, reservoirs, to conserve water. So when there's no rain, you use the water that you have stored. If you don't have a reservoir, if you don't store water, all the water will be wasted. And when there's no more rain, you won't have any water. That's how grace is. Grace comes to you from God like the rain. If you don't store it and if you don't make use of it, that grace that came will not be there when you need it because you didn't make use of it. You just left it. You just let it go. You see here, the people did not answer Elijah a word. Imagine how God's heart would have yearned for them and ached for them because he's doing all these things to get them back because he does not want them to be destroyed. There are many times you'll see God talk to the children of Israel. He say, oh, Israel, why do you want to perish? God does not take pleasure in the death of the righteous or even the death of the wicked. God doesn't take pleasure. That means when a righteous person becomes evil, he doesn't take pleasure in punishing them and killing them or even seeing them in hell. No, it grieves God. And he doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. That means a guy who never even wanted to come to God. He, he didn't even have any interest in God and he dies and he goes to hell. God is not happy about it. No, he's not. He's not. His heart grieves. As David said, Oh, Absalom. He cried over his son. He said, Oh, Absalom, my son, you died as a fool. Why did you die as a fool? Why did you have to die as a fool? He cried for his son. God's heart is even more than that. When people make foolish choices and end up in hell. So the heart of God is full of love. But when that grace comes and we don't make use of it and it's gone, we can blame God and say, well, God is so bad, he didn't give another chance. No, he gave all the chances. But he didn't make use of it. Think about this. Every person has been given in their lifetime certain set of teeth once the prominent teeth comes you only have it once you take good care of it you can have the same set of teeth you don't have to wear dentures even when you're 90 years old if you don't take good care of it then you will lose it once you start losing that permanent teeth you can never get the permanent teeth back it's gone for good you're never going to have it What God has given to you, once it's gone, you can't say, well, somehow I'll get it. No, you won't. Certain things have been given to us and we're supposed to be good stewards of it. If you look at your heart, your heart has a certain amount of beats that it can beat. The start date and a finish date is there. Breath also has been numbered, measured. For us. Beyond that, no more. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Bible says, while it's time, while we have the time, that means while we have enough beats left, make sure you just turn around. While you have enough beats left in your heart, while you have enough breaths left in your measurement, in your jar. How many of you know? How to use your money wisely. 
If you have $20, how many of you think that you can go and buy $50 worth of stuff? Can you do that? Can you go to the store and say, I'm going to take a $50 item because I have $20 with me? You can't do that. You're going to try to give $20, and if you don't have $30 more, they'll say, give me the item, go home, bring your $50, then you can buy it. It doesn't work that way. With what you have, you have to get what you need. If you have 20, and if you spend 10, I'm not here to do simple math here, class. There's something that the Spirit of God is bringing to us, so just pay attention. And you use 10, and you buy apples with it, say two bags of apples with it, and you spend the $10 the way, and you only have $10 left. You can't say, well, I had $20 to begin with, and, and $10 I spent, but still the $20 is mine, and I'm going to go and try to make use of the $20 when you only have $10 with you. What amount of money you have remaining, that alone can you use. And you use five from there again, and then you don't have the 15 with you. You only have five left. Know this for sure. You can only use that $5, nothing more. Understand this. God has given everyone a measure of grace. And that grace has a measurement. And as we make use of that grace, we are making use of it. That means we are making use of it. When you buy apples and you use $10, you give $10 and you buy apples. You have something, you're gaining something. The grace that God has given us is for us to make use of it and gain something. We gain eternal life. We gain God's blessings. We gain God's favor. We gain increase. We gain souls. We make use of the grace of God that God has given to us. And according to the measure that God has given to us, we keep using, keep using, keep using, keep using, keep using, keep using, keep using. And then at the end of life, if we make use of the grace of God fully, we have all the stuff that we bought, right? We all have everything right before us. That we spent well with the grace that God has given to us. That will go with us to heaven. Our works will go before us. Our works will come with us. And our works can come after us. So when you look at it, the works, I want to speak about these three things that the Spirit of God, three things that the Spirit of God is bringing to us today, which is, our works that go before us. Whatever you do now, whatever you're doing now, our giving to God and the way however God leads us and we lead a soul to Jesus Christ, those things can actually go under our works that go before us, which is, for example, you give the gospel to someone and that someone dies before you your work has gone before you they've gone before you it's gone when you give to god and you're giving today it's gone before you it's already the bible says when you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth does not eat and the rust will not actually cause it to corrode it stays there forever so what we do it actually goes up into the treasure house. Our works go before us. It goes there. 
And then what we do for God, as we do, it goes before there, before us, our works. So whatever we're doing for God, that we're doing, in terms of our works, certain certain types of work is converted already and it goes up there, ahead of us. And certain things we will take with us when we go to heaven with us, such as the way we lived, the way we served God, the way we walked with God, whatever we did goes with our souls. We're going to God. And whatever we did for God, the way we did for God is going to go with us. And then you also have the works that will come after you, which is whatever you did for God that is continuing to multiply, even after you're gone, that's all going to come after you. So what you did for God while you were on the face of the earth and that was already converted, it was done. That means souls that were touched and they're gone, they go before you. And whatever you invest in the kingdom of God by giving to God, that goes before you. Your tithes and your offering. Your tithes are separate, your offering is separate. They go before you. Whichever form you're giving, it's going to go before you. Whatever labor you labor in the Lord, in the, in the house of God, in the work of God, where you do, do. As you do, and as the results are produced already, they go before you. And then, your labor that you do, while you're on earth, the things that have gone and the things that are continuing to be accumulated while you're working, when I die, it will go with me. When you die, it'll go with you. And then whatever you have done, that'll continue to work, multiply like the work of uh, Matthew, the works of Apostle Paul. Whatever he did at that time, God used it in the lives of the believers there. Whoever went before him, that works went before him. And when he, when, Jesus, when Apostle Paul finished his work and he went, and all that he bore for his God in his body, all that he suffered for God in his work, all those go with him. All that he endured for God goes with him. And then all the people who heard his word and who were touched by him and who lived their lives for the Lord and who died serving the Lord, they all go after him. His works in them, in those people, they all go after Apostle Paul. It's all credited to his account. And then all those who read his epistles and read his letters that he's written, to the people who lived at that time, that the Spirit of God is using those in the lives of His people, including our own lives. They all go after Him. So we are, we are all the fruit of Jesus Christ and through Apostle Paul, through Luke, through Matthew, and through Apostle John, and through the ministry of Elijah, and through. So in different ways, the fruit goes up to God. And so, just like that, God has a ministry for every single one of you here. And as you serve God, whatever you're doing now for God, whatever is converted, certain things will be converted now, and those things already go. They go before us. 
and certain things will go with us. And if we raise our children in the ways of the Lord, they will come, God willing. And I say God willing, no one wants to see our children go ahead of us. We want them to come after us. So they come after us. After we're gone, they will follow in our footsteps and they go to be with God. And so those are the types of things that will come after us our reward that will come after us. So we need to have these things in our mind that when we go to be with God, we have the the labor, our labor and the fruit of our labor, which is going, which we would have had already sent ahead of us. And then some will come after us. So when you think about the day where God will reward his people, Jesus said this so beautifully. He said, when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you will have abundance of entry when you do wisely here. The souls that will be saved through you will be there to welcome you. And so depending on who, who is going before, who is going after, we don't know. Because there, there are, there are students when I was in school and I was in college, I gave the gospel to, they have gone before me. And there are some who will come after me. Many will come after me. So depending on what our work is and how God is using us, our labor, Certain type of labor, certain type of fruit will go before, certain type of fruit will come after us. Why the Spirit of the Lord is having me to share this today, I don't know, but I know there's something important that God wants to instill in your spirit so that you know the value of what you're doing right now. Very important. Understand the value of what you're doing right now. As you serve God, as you evangelize, as you as you tell people about Jesus Christ, Know that something is happening. It is either going to go before or it's going to come after, but it is coming. And what you do, you know, with your bodies, you know, all the sacrifice and all the fastings and all the, all the prayers for souls and, and somebody suddenly right here. All the, all the sleeplessness and all the sacrifice and all that our bodies go through. For others to get saved, that reward will go with us when we go. May God help you to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts. These are very important things. These are eternal things. These are deep things that we should understand. As we serve God, we need to know that every bit of us, every part of our being is useful for God and can be used by God and can be used towards eternity. And so grace, grace of God is given to us. When God gives us a grace, if it's a measure of grace, a good amount of grace God gives to us. He's generous, you see. And when he gives that grace to you, it's a good amount of grace. We can either use that grace, every bit of it, to bless others for you to be a blessing and also for you to stand before God on that day and receive abundant reward that he has for you. Or you can squander that grace here. 
saying that I have holes in the bucket and you know you can say I have a bucket but everything leaks out or you can just say that well it's going to rain tomorrow too why should I conserve water lose everything because who knows whether it'll rain tomorrow or not see so the so the wisdom that God has given to man is when it rains today let's conserve that water let's get it let's save it let's store it let's make a system where it is stored because you don't know what tomorrow may hold. Same thing with grace. The grace that God has given to us, we use it. If we don't use it, we lose it. So here, the grace of God was given to the children of Israel here. These children of Israel were people who were under God's covenant. And these children of Israel were people who were circumcised and entered into the covenant of God, covenant with God. And they have gone astray in their hearts. That means they've just wasted a lot of the grace of God. Now, they just come into the last bit of that grace that is left and God is trying to reach them. He's trying to reach out to them. He's trying to get them. He's trying to get to them and he's trying to bring them. He says, it's only this much is left. Don't you miss that. Don't waste this. Nick is this. And God is doing this here. This is for Ahab. This is for the people of Israel. All of them who are there. The very people. When this question was asked, who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow God? Is he the living God? Do you know that he's the living God? They say, hmm, I don't know. When somebody says that, it's very scary. And I've heard stories of Alzheimer's people. Very sad. Very sad. That's something that no one should get. Very horrific stories. But they don't recognize their parents. They don't recognize their children. They don't recognize their spouse. I turn around and ask them, who are you? I don't know you. You know how painful that'll be for a child? When the mother who nursed the child and grew the child and fed the child and sacrificed for the child, suddenly says, I don't know you. Or the child who has received everything from the mother says, I don't know you. Or the husband, the wife, they look at the spouse one day and say, I don't know you. Who are you? Think about that. What happened to them? This disease took over them. Many, many people today have been plagued by the spiritual disease where all of a sudden they forget all the good things that God has done. All of a sudden, spiritual amnesia is it? All of a sudden, everything is forgotten. I don't know who God is. Oh, who is he? All of a sudden, he became a stranger to you. All of a sudden, they go after other things. Imagine how God would feel. Now, this is when somebody gets a disease. That you have people who go after other things and then try to pretend like how Peter did. Who's Jesus? I don't know who this man is. Oh, think about that. What a grief that would produce in the heart of someone who truly loves Think about how God will feel. 
He carried the people of Israel on his shoulder like a father would carry his son. He scouted and he saw the best place and he said, I want to give this to my people. He stood with them and he fought for them. All the things that he did. And these people are enjoying the benefits of what God did through their, to their ancestor, for their ancestors. They're sitting in the place flowing with milk and honey. And what are they doing now? Huh? Who are you? Who is God? Is he the living God? I don't know. Think about that. When they didn't answer, think about how it would have grieved God Almighty. Think about that. Think about it for a minute. Think about it. If that is you, think about it. How will you feel? If you haven't done even quarter of what God did for the people of Israel. Think about it. That's why spiritual adultery is very, very cruel. Very cruel. Sinning, sinning against God is very wicked. And you look at these people, the people answered him not a word. When you understand the grace of God, with this wickedness, God didn't say, oh, I'm going to send fire from heaven and kill all of you. No, no. His heart is as in fire. When you see that, you'll know I'm the living God. At that point, the grace that you have, make use of it because I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. God is speaking at this hour. The grace of God is a gift from God. It's out of his love. He gives it to us. It is so important for us to make Every use of the grace of God that God has given to us. And the Bible says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now here on Mount Carmel, through his prophet, God is revealing his grace and truth. Think about this. Grace is coming to them so that they can repent and turn from their wicked ways and get back to God. Truth is coming to them to reveal that this is the Lord God who is real. Don't follow the deceiver. Don't follow the deceiver. Don't follow the deceiver. That is grace. That is God's love. You should have known. You should know better. And you should have done it. And so I'm not going to help you. No, no, no. Even though they were so bad, God says, I'm still going to try we're still going to try. We're still going to try. But no, this measure has been given. This is how much it is. Once this goes, even God cannot interfere at that point. Because there is this law that works. What God has given with that measure you, you work with. And that's plenty. When he's given plenty to you and you squander that. And there's no more hope. And you go beyond that. So you see here. Elijah is telling the people, he says, I alone am left here at the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Not a single person to stand with the prophet of God to say that God is the Lord. We'll stand with you, Elijah. No, no. Think about the people of Israel. 450 prophets of Baal are there. And all of these people are actually with them. They are not able to open their mouths and say, God is our Lord. No. Oh, he is the Lord. No. So now, 
Elijah the prophet says this because God has led him to say this. He says, let them give us two bulls. Uh, we're going to bring two bulls here. You guys take one and I'll take one. And you cut that and you lay it on the wood. Don't put fire because that's where you're going to see who the real God is. And I'm going to do the same thing. And then you call on Baal. And if he's a real God, let him answer by fire. And I'll call on my God. And if he is the real God, he will answer by fire. So when the fire comes down from heaven and it takes that sacrifice, that means the meat is no longer there. The fire comes and it takes it away. It burns it away without anybody lighting fire to that sacrifice. Then you know that whichever God answered at that point by fire is the real God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. My heart just hurts when I read this. Think about that. Think about that. These are the people of God. Think about how heavy Prophet Elijah's heart would have felt. Think about how heavy God's heart would have felt. I've done so much for you. You need to see fire from heaven until then you won't believe that God is the Lord. This is well for us. They're all answering, oh, this is really good, good, good contest. Many people are like that today. Many people. They have left their first love. Many people are like that today. They've gone astray from the living God. They've given themselves over to the devil so much that they don't even remember all the good things God has done for them. All of a sudden it'll be like, oh, you know, I'm so miserable here and, and you know, it's better off there. And it's such a deception. God did so many miracles. All of a sudden they don't remember anything. They don't remember who God is. May God help us to never get to that state. On the other hand, to make use of the grace of God. God has given to us. I'm going to stop right here. The Spirit of the Lord wants me to stop today. May God help us to make use of the grace that God has given. That every part of you be given over to God. So you put yourself to good use. You put everything that God has given to you to good use. That your works may go before you and go with you and go after you. Even long after you're gone. That you live a life that's well spent on this side of eternity within the short time we have. That every bit of you, every bit of what you have, let it account to something. Let it amount to something. Let it be worth for something eternal. May God speak to your hearts tonight and stir you up in the right direction. That your labor in the Lord is not only not in vain, but it's for toward something far greater. Priceless, lasting. A crown that will never fade away. The reward that God 
will give and already has given is something that will never fade away. Nothing can eat it, nothing can destroy it. It's lasting forever and ever and ever. May hearts never turn away from the living God. May never become like the children of Israel. If you would have gone back from God and you were like the children of Israel and God brought you back, make sure the grace that God has given you now is fully put to use. You never, never misuse or squander or exhaust the grace of God. But take every bit of it and put it to good use. And as you put it to good use, you can actually multiply that which God has given to you. Shall we pray? Father, thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for the word that you've given to us, Lord. They are spirit and truth. They are spirit and life. I thank you, Lord, for your presence and your power that is in our midst of this hour. Thank you for speaking to your people. Help your people, Lord, to continue to grow, steadily grow in the ways of the living God. That they be encouraged this night through the word that you've spoken. Lord, that every part of the being, everything they have, that all be put to good use. Good use. So that they may lay up for themselves treasures in heaven. That the reward may go before them, go with them, and come after them. Continue to give them a deeper understanding, Father, of eternal things. That they may live for the purpose. And they may fulfill that purpose of God. I thank you for doing this. With this blessing, I bless your people, Father. That they may grow into mature trees, yielding the best of fruits that God would be delighted with. Be a blessing to multitudes, Lord, every single one. May they become a great blessing in the hands of the Lord to not one or two, not ten or fifteen, or not hundred or a thousand, but to multitudes, Lord. With this blessing and bless your people with. That they may be received into everlasting habitation with abundance of entry. I thank you for doing this in Jesus' most precious name. I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.